Good morning. If we haven't met yet, my name is Dustin. I'm one of the pastors here. Kids, you can head downstairs if you're going downstairs for kids' ministry. We'll see you in a little bit. Well, what a day. Just as I was preparing, uh, going through and thinking about this morning, just thinking about all the stuff that today holds, and so some of this stuff will be new to you. Uh, maybe you don't know that it's coming, and so this will serve a, somewhat of an announcement. This is our last week in our James series, uh, for one. Uh, and I was like, man, what a time we've had working through the book of James. It's been awesome. I've loved it. Um, we're uh, setting up Christmas decorations uh, after the service, uh, so there are a handful of people that are going to be, and so there's going to be some transition going on as we jump into Advent series this next coming Sunday. Um, Thanksgiving meal is tonight in the basement at 6.30, and so pumped for that. Adam will fill you in on some details on that. I can't wait for um, what I hope is the first of many slices of pumpkin pie of the season, Tonight, I've told you guys before, uh, for the meal, we just had people bring desserts or sides and uh, I feel like a broken record, but it's so exciting. It, seem, it was like, seems like it was going to be a disaster of a Thanksgiving meal uh, because um, no one brought sides one year and everybody brought pumpkin pie one year. And so we had ham and turkey and just a ton of pumpkin pie. And uh, I was like, hey, all good. I'm fine, fine with that. I had a bunch of pieces of pumpkin pie, uh, got in the veggies, um, just eating enough pumpkin pie. It was awesome. And so anyway, that's tonight, 6.30, I'm pumped for that. Um, and I just was thinking through what a blessing it is for me to just be a part of this spiritual family. It's, uh, uh, some of us have family up here around, but many of us don't have family up here around, and how crucial it is to have a spiritual family, especially uh, in times like that. And so uh, let's get into the scriptures. Go ahead and turn to uh, James chapter 5 if you're joining us online. Glad you're joining us online as well. James chapter 5. You can grab a copy of the scriptures around you under the chair. Uh, you can pull up the Bible app. Uh, either one of those works. Verse 13 is where we'll start. Uh, you'll remember James is writing to a group of believers, uh, mostly, uh, and James is making some assumptions as he writes to this group of believers. Uh, number one, we see from the context, one of the first things James says, he talks about uh, suffering. And so he's writing to a group of believers who are likely suffering because of their faith And um, when he's writing this letter. And here's the assumption James is making, and we should, be, we should clue into this as we uh, begin to understand what James is all about. And so as we clue into this, James is assuming that they already know and have believed the gospel and have been saved by grace through faith. He's assuming they already are at that place and he's writing accordingly. And in this letter, he's hoping to give them some clarity on what a life 
changed by the gospel looks like. That's a lot of what we've seen week to week, right? What a life changed by the gospel looks like. There have been incredibly encouraging passages. If you'll remember chapter one, verse five, this is one of the most encouraging things from the book of James for me. Uh, I, I walk through James chapter one, and as you get to verse five, you don't have to get very far before you start hearing some really encouraging things. It says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him do what? Ask. Ask God. And so when we think about even that, we've said things like this, uh, like this each, uh, when we get to passages like that, that should encourage us, right? Because I don't think any of us today are like, yeah, I'm all good up on wisdom. I don't think I need any wisdom. I'm all full up on that. Probably all of us are on some level be like, that's, that's really helpful. I'm glad that the word of God has things like that. So if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach or without finding fault. And that's encouraging. But there have been also incredibly challenging passages like chapter 1, verse 19. Be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. Not just hearers only. That's challenging, right? So incredibly encouraging passages and then really challenging passages. And I'm just left wondering as I was getting down to the end here, I've read James before, but preaching through James, this is the first time with you guys. And so I'm getting down to the end uh, and preparing this week. And I'm like, I wonder how James is going to end his letter. Wondering how he's going to end things, how he's going to wrap things up. See, usually when you write a letter or an email, the most important things you include are typically at the beginning and at the end of the letter. At the beginning and at the end of the letter, usually where you include the most important things. Whatever's at the end is likely what you'll be thinking about after you've finished reading the letter. My, one, my oldest, who's at college, some of you know him, uh, we sent him a birthday card and wrote some notes to him in there and at right at the bottom of the card the bottom of the things I had written was what do you think it was love you right love you and then put my name that's what I want him to end with it was happy birthday love you from dad that was that that's what I want him thinking about when he ends the card. When he closes the card, that's what I want him thinking about. At the bottom of the card, I did not put, hey, be sure and do your laundry. <laughs> I mean, maybe that'd be a helpful thing to put. But that's not what I want him to close the birthday card remembering is, oh, dad's just hassling me about this, that, or the other. I want it to be about love, right? Happy birthday. It's the most important thing right there at the end. And we're left wondering, well, what will be the final thing James leaves the recipients of this letter with. Let's pray and then we'll read. Lord, I pray that as we wrap up this book of James today, Lord, would you give us soft hearts? We, we pray that all the time here, Lord. Yeah, you know. Today's no different. Lord, would you soften our hearts toward your word? Would you tune our hearts toward your spirit's voice? I pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, James chapter 5. Let's jump in here. This is uh, verse 13 through 18, and then we'll take 19 through 20 um, uh, here in a second um, after we read 13 through 18. And so follow along with me as I read. Is anyone among you suffering? 
You guys know as a church family, this is some of your first time to be here, uh, and so suffering and hardship is not something we shy away from talking about here, and so right off the bat here, James is asking, is anyone among you suffering? And that's a question we can ask the same, and if we could rhetorically ask, I mean, he's rhetorically asking, but we could answer yes, right? Yes, of course. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone Cheerful, let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Verse 16, therefore confess your sins one to another. We don't do that very well, right? <laughs> we like to read over that one. Yeah, let's get to the other stuff. I don't think I feel like confessing any sins today to anyone. We like to skip that kind of stuff. We don't hear. We read it, right? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Verse 17 Elijah, from the Old Testament, go back and do some homework this week if you want to go back and catch up, but we get a little bit of Cliff's notes on some of the stuff the Lord used Elijah for. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. So he's saying, hey, Elijah's not somebody different. He's like you. Elijah's not some uh, half God, half man. He's not some kind of deity. Elijah, like you. Nature like ours. And here's what Elijah did. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. That's a long time. Verse 18, then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And I wonder if those, when we read down through those verses, turn to someone next to you, we'll just take about 10 seconds to do this, turn to someone next to you and, and let them know any kind of words that you heard repeated over and over and over throughout those few verses. Go ahead. Yeah, I heard some of you. And the, yeah, we get those, right? What was it? What were some of the words? Pray, right? That was big through there. And uh, I kind of cheated a little bit. I gave you some emphasis as I was reading. But pray or prayer. We can define prayer as communicating or conversing with God or maybe in general just connection with God. And that's what we're going to talk about a lot today as we move forward is connection with God. Not sure you caught all of it, but James mentions a lot of different stuff here along with prayer. Here's some of the different things that James mentioned alongside of prayer. He mentions suffering. He mentions sickness. He mentions forgiveness. He mentions confession. He mentions healing. But don't miss the main point. His main emphasis is connection with God through prayer. The word pray or prayer is in every verse from 13 to 18. And again, James's big picture in the letter, for zooming out a little bit and remembering this, James's big picture in the letter here, what does a life changed by the gospel look like? 
Well, here at the end, it looks like a life saturated in prayer for an abundance of needs. I love how James just starts listing the ways prayer should be used here. Just starts going through this list of the way prayer should be used. Well, what times are good for connecting with God in prayer or praise? Well, what are some of the specific ones? Well, all of them, right? All of them. It's like he's saying there's no bad or wrong time to connect with God, to converse with God. And we're going to spend a little bit of time just working down through each of those that we saw this morning. Well, what are good places for prayer in our lives? What are good uses for prayer in our lives? Are you suffering? Well, connect with Him. He's the only thing or the only one who will truly be able to comfort you in your suffering. Are you on cloud nine? Are you in a season of life where it just seems like everything is swell? You know, someone asks, you come in this morning, and, and we do this all the time church-wise. Hey, how's it going? Oh, great, never been better. And inside you're like, oh, I just lied. That couldn't be anything further from the truth. I'm not doing really well. But we say that all the time. But some of us really are walking through a season where everything just seems great. You know what you should do in that season? You know what you should do if everything is great? You should connect with God through praise. Get this. There's this incredible connection between when things are going really well in life and praise and prayer and connecting with Him in that season. Here's the connection. Get this. When things are going really well, connect with God through prayer and praise lest you begin to think that any good you're experiencing is because you are so awesome. Right? Because when we get in those seasons where everything is going right, we just kind of start to think, ah, I'm pretty great. I've done all these things the last few months to get me to the place where I'm doing great. So why is it important to connect with Him when everything's great? Because it reminds us that He's the giver of all good gifts. He's the giver of all good gifts, right? That's why when things are going especially well in life that we make sure that we're praying and giving Him praise and connecting with Him because it reminds us, as James has already told us in chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift is from above, from Him. And so let's just do a little exercise. We're going to do a couple exercises, not physical exercises, but mental exercises. Think of one good thing in your life right now. Just get it in your head, one good thing in your life right now. Everybody got it? And now make the transition to God. Thank you for that thing. Because our default is, I got this for myself, worked hard and got it. Praising Him, praying, connecting with Him when things are great. Let's keep going. Next, are you sick? Well, you need to pray and you need to call for prayer. We're to ask for it. We're to call for it when we're sick. Are you struggling with sin? James says, confess it and receive prayer for it. See, by His Spirit, we've got to move away from this lie that says if you're struggling, well, that's a private matter. You should 
keep that hidden. Don't let anybody see that area of sin or struggle. That's private. And while I'm obviously not saying that the right form uh, the right format or the right way to do that is just one by one. We're going to come up here to the stage and just tell everybody the room full, our deepest, darkest secrets. I'm not saying that. I don't think that's what the scriptures are talking about. But we need to find someone that we trust and confess the places in our life where we're struggling. We've got to, by His Spirit, move away from this, again, this lie that says if you're struggling, that's a private matter and you should keep it hidden. That's the enemy's voice, if you're wondering. Hidden sin and struggle holds great power over us. And if you haven't ever heard that before, made that connection, you can begin to identify like, yeah, it's just got this grip on me. And maybe it's because you've kept it hidden. And while hidden sin and struggle holds great power over us, there is great power in the opposite direction, in confession and receiving prayer over our sin and over our struggle. So, in this, as we think we have to keep the fact that we have sin issues and the fact that we struggle, the fact that we have to keep that hidden, let's just do another exercise, okay? And be careful because this is, this is an exercise where, uh, well, I'll just get to it. And so what I want you to do, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if something is true about you, and then we'll raise our hands, right? And, and just, to be, just to let you know on the front end, this is also a lie detector test, okay? So if you've ever had issues with sin or struggled with an area of sin, raise your hand. Oh, good. Hey, all right. Good. And so did you see everybody's hand went up besides the two or three liars? Did you see that, right? Just kidding, but not. So can we get beyond this idea that we have to hide our sin and our struggle and get to a place where we're able to confess our issues of sin and our our issues of struggle in our spiritual walk. See, there's nothing to hide here. This is not to say that sin and struggle are okay as if we're just justifying it or condoning it. Like, hey, everybody else struggles. It's okay for me to struggle. That's not where we're going with that, right? But it's an exercise to say we're all sinners in need of grace and mercy, right? There's great freedom when we're honest about our sin and our great need for Him. There's great freedom that comes when we confess that to believers in our lives that we can trust. Next, anyone in need of healing? That's a great time to pray and receive prayer from others. There's debate here about whether this is talking about physical, physical healing or spiritual healing. We'd probably do a whole sermon on that, and I would say, in brief, yes. I think it can encompass both. It's likely a reference to both, maybe even including when it comes to someone's salvation, this spiritual healing. And so are you broken and sick spiritually and or physically? What's the answer? Pray. Receive prayer. Who do you know who is broken and sick spiritually and or physically? Pray for them. And then James points to the greater power there is in prayer of someone who is under Christ's righteousness. That's the idea of uh, the person uh, who is righteous. Their prayers have great effectiveness. And we could again preach a whole sermon on that of what it means to be under Christ's 
righteousness and to pray out of that. I love how James talks about how powerful a prayer of faith is. And this is where I want to spend a little moment here. This is another place where we can go off the rails and begin to focus uh, solely on the amount of our faith or how much faith we have or how, much, or how little faith we have. And I, let, I want to let us in on a little something here. When it comes to a prayer of faith, it's more about the object of our faith than the amount of our faith. And I want to say it again and let it soak in. When it comes to a prayer of faith, it's more about the object of our faith than the amount of our faith. One author captures it like this, and then I'll give us an, an illustration to kind of help explain. He says this, what makes our faith strong is not its intensity, as though we need to work ourselves up into a state of absolute belief, but it's the object of our faith the one in whom our faith is placed. If we forget this, we end up trusting in our faith and wondering whether we have enough of it, rather than trusting in Christ, the object of our faith. I would say it like this. A weak faith may reveal a weak or skewed view of who God is. A strong faith is an indicator of a big, clear view of God as the object of our faith. And so, was thinking through how, how uh, that, that's conceptually we can get that and say, okay, I think I agree. I, I think I agree there when, when it comes to faith, that it's more about the object of our faith than the intensity of our faith. But, but the visual I was kind of working through was one where I uh, decided not to bring uh, people up on stage just for the sake of time. But you can walk through the visual with me here. Um, this piano is one of my least favorite things to move every week. It's not incredibly heavy. Uh, I can pick it up and move it, but it's just awkward. It's big and awkward. Now, if we were going to have, let's say, uh, some of you know Floyd Hatfield. If we were going to get little Floyd up here, and we were going to ask him to move the piano, and we were like, I trust that he can do it. I have faith that he can do it. Is that going to help? The intensity of our faith, is it going to help when it's placed on Floyd to move the piano? Probably not going to happen, right? Doesn't matter how intense my faith is because he would be the object of my faith and as cute as he is, he doesn't have a whole lot of power right now, right? But if we asked a big strapping man to come up and move the piano, We could have faith, but our faith would be emboldened because of the strength of the object of our faith, right? It would be easy to say, yes, I believe he can move the piano because of who he is. And so all of a sudden you begin to understand when a prayer, when we're talking about a prayer of faith, it has so much to do with the object of our faith, Christ, right? Our amount of faith is directly proportional to the strength or size of the object of our faith. And so in prayer, James is calling us to remember who our God is. It talks about a prayer of faith. It's not hopeful wishing. It's focusing on who God is. It's coming back to the truth of God, just help me see clearly who you are and how powerful you are and let that inform the way that I pray. Let's finish up 
the last few verses and then do some summary here. James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Let's read this together. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And so right here at the end, it, you almost begin to think, well, why did James tack that on to the end? It's like about now it's about other people when we've been talking about prayer, what's the connection? And so I would say this in the context of connection with God, which again is what I would say these final verses are about as a whole that we started covering in verse 13. It's about a connection with God. James is pointing to the importance and urgency of playing a role, get this, in bringing someone else back into connection with God, right? If we're tying all the pieces together here, this is something you may commit to prayer today, Lord. I know you're calling me to play a role in bringing others into connection with you. Lord, who is it for me? Who are you laying on my heart specifically? That I might be that bridge that they would experience connection with you. So big picture in summary and then we're going to spend some time in prayer. Seems like James's final words to his original audience is about Connection with God through prayer. See, in the whole of his letter, he's shown us what a life changed by the gospel should look like. He's laid out some imperatives. He's laid out this blueprint for what a life changed by the gospel should look like. Get this, which will be impossible outside of a connection with God and abiding in Christ through prayer. And regardless of your circumstance or your struggle or your season of life today, prayer is always the right answer, right? Regardless of who you are, this is your first time here, this is your 500th time here, you've lived here two months, you've lived here 15 years, you're married, you're divorced, you're single, you got kids, you don't have kids, you're a grandparent, you're not a grandparent, you have a job, don't have a job, you're... Life is awesome. Your life's in shambles. All of it, right? Prayer. Prayer's the answer. There's not one of us here this morning that could walk in and go, yeah, not for me, Dustin. Yeah, doesn't describe. None of those things describe me. I'm, I'm a completely different cat. I'm God. <laughs> that would be what it would take, right? In order for this to not have implication for us today. Prayer. And so here's what, what we're going to do next. Lisa, you can come on up. We're just going to spend some time in prayer. Lisa's going to pl play a little bit, just a little bit of background for us as we pray. And I always, you guys, if you've been a part of our church for a while, anytime that I get to a place in the scriptures that are teaching us how to pray or talking about prayer, it just feels weird to me to not practice it. It just feels weird to me to go, okay, I'll shove that back here, uh, I'll use it later today, or, or maybe I'll revisit it this week, spend some time in prayer instead of just going, no, what about now? What about right now? Seems like a good time for prayer. James mentioned four purposes or circumstances that should constitute prayer in our lives. And we're just going to spend some time on each of these. Even if you're watching online, you can pray, pray with us through these. And I'm going to guide us through each of these four different purposes of prayer. 
and you, right where you're sitting, just spend some time connecting with him. If, this, if right here James's final few words are about connection with God, then we want to take advantage of that. And so I'm going to walk us through this. Again, right where you are, you can get on your knees. You can stay right on your, on, uh, on your bottom in your seat. You can get up in the back. And uh, if, you, if you're more comfortable standing up, if you need to stretch your legs, that's fine too. But we're going to spend some time praying. And again, I'll guide us through each of these four. And this is just between you and the Lord. Maybe we can begin to pray in these ways. And so let's go to Him in prayer. First, we're going to go to Him and ask Him to strengthen our faith by seeing what a big and incredible God He is. I mean, where else to start, right? Spend some time just between you and Him. In the privacy of your heart, your mind. Ask Him to strengthen your faith. And that He would do that by allowing you to see what a big and incredible God He is. The object of our faith. Next, if any of you are suffering, spend some time confessing that to Him. And as we do, may we begin to know and feel the comfort there is in Him. If any of you are suffering, confess that to Him. Give it to Him in prayer. Next, if you're in a place of abundance or you're in a place of cheer, as James would say, take a moment and praise Him and thank Him. And even if you wouldn't say you're in a place of cheer, maybe you take the time to thank Him for the blessings you do see in your life. I mean, uh, how appropriate for the week that's coming and what we celebrate this time of year. So even if you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, allow the Lord to shine some things Shine some light on, on the things in life that you can thank Him for. Next, if any of you are in need of physical and or spiritual healing, take time to ask for it. Confessing that regardless of the outcome, He's still God and He's still on His throne. But may we ask for 
healing of different kinds this morning. Let's pray together. the scriptures, Paul had what he called a thorn. Prayed three times, God, would you take this away from me? God, would you eliminate this from my life? Three times God said no, and there was a purpose behind it. He said, I want you to know my grace, which is sufficient for you, right in the middle of your thorn. God, even so, we ask for spiritual, physical healing. May your will be done. If any of you are in a place of struggling in sin, take this time to confess. Confess that to Him and confess your great need for Him. Let's take that to Him in prayer. I would add, James makes it a point to tell us that at least in part, healing comes from confession to someone else as well. And in order that the sin isn't hidden anymore, may God give us the strength and humility to confess our sins and struggles to each other that we might find healing. And so even as you're, process, you're processing that ongoing struggle in that particular area, I would encourage us find someone you can trust in your life and just tell them, hey, you know what Dustin was saying about how we're all struggling in different kinds of areas of sin? Here's, here's mine, and I'm confessing it, that the power of hidden sin might be broken. That we might find healing. Lastly, we take time to pray for those who are not in connection with the Father through Christ. So let's take a few moments and pray that He would use us to draw them back to Himself. Let's now take time to lift them up to prayer, those who we know are not in connection with the Father. Lord, we thank you for times like this morning where we just come to you in prayer. 
where we connect with you, maybe in a way that we haven't ever or in a long time, where you remind us of the power of prayer. You remind us of who you are as the object of our faith and how powerful you are. We thank you that we can come to you anytime in prayer. Prayer is always the right answer. We thank you for that. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank God that he made a way for us to have connection with him, right? Amen. Thank God that he made a way for us to have connection with him through Christ our Savior. See, Jesus' work on the cross and his resurrection from the dead make it possible to have connection with him again, the creator God. Scripture says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved saved from sin and eternal separation from him, and then transferred into his glorious kingdom that we might be called his sons and daughters in him. Amazing. And some of you may be right on that threshold where you're like, that, that's what I want. I haven't heard it worded like that before, and, and I'm ready to step over a threshold, so to speak, in a relationship with Christ. I'd love to chat with you after the service and uh, help you in that journey how I can help you step over that threshold with them. And so keep that in mind as we dismiss here in a second. Love to chat with you about that. Uh, Prayer-wise, some of you need prayer. Grab someone around you and spend some time praying here in a little bit after we sing and after we dismiss. uh, Great opportunities for that. We're going to go to him in song. We're going to continue to connect with him. If that's, if that's kind of the theme of what James is ending with, and that's kind of where we're going, we're going to continue to connect with him in song. Um, first thing we're going to sing is how much we need him. Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. And so let's go to him in song, and then I want to give us some instructions on communion. Every week we take communion here. And so if you're a believer in Christ, if you're in good standing with other believers, you don't have to be a part of this church. Uh, If you're in relationship with Christ, then go back and celebrate and remember who he is and what he's done for you by taking the bread and the cup. And you can do that at any point while we sing. And so um, let's go to him again in prayer and prepare to sing and take communion. Lord, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for your body broken, your blood shed for us. We thank you that we can, that this is a safe place. If ever there was a safe place, this is a safe place to confess our great need for you. That we don't have it all figured out. That we need connection with you. Lord, by your spirit, may may our connection with you be more and more like the food we eat and the air we breathe. Lord, I pray in the coming moments as we sing and take communion together. Lord, would you continue to do a work in us? Lord, you're already moving in our lives. You're already doing things and bringing things up and and speaking encouragement to us. Lord, I pray that you would continue to do that as we continue to spend time together and with you. I pray these things in your name. Amen.